I tell you that this is the private club of the Satan's helpers? Nobody hit me to that, dude. It's off limits! Oh. Well, my mistake. <laughs> Guess I'll be on my way then. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Bienvenidos a Cotline con su anfitrión Miguel Cavalunis. It's not our Acoba. It's not your Acoba. It is the Maya Coba Classic, and the Cutline is here to tear this sucker apart. We are almost through the swing season. Man, the majors are just so close. They're in smelling distance. The Masters right around the corner again. The Players' Championship in January marks the beginning of last year's champions with the Tournament of Champions. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. Hello, UK. South Africa, Ireland, Germany, Spain. What's up? Special shout out to Massachusetts, and no, we will not acknowledge you in any positive way, Indiana. A special shout out to Hamden, Connecticut. Yes, the Hamden, Connecticut dominating the listenership and to those of you that are new to this show welcome (laughs) and to your returning listeners you're fabulous not a single complaint here. Welcome to the cut line. I am Michael Cavalunis at Lunis on Twitter. The gruesome twosome is still not back together. Zach, I'm begging you, brother. Come home, man. Come home. We miss you. We need you. The show needs you. Do me a favor, guys. Hound him on Twitter at EaglesFan83. Hound him. Get him back to the cut line. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Maya Koba Classic. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To bring you the best lineups for you this weekend. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greensides, hunting traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Wednesday is always crunch time for my PGA builds. And even though I have my own ownership projections, I always appreciate 
a valuable second opinion. The guys I use, Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. Fanshare Sports is embracing ownership and giving you accurate projections for a multitude of sports, not just golf. So for all of your grinders out there, make sure you take the time to sign up. Do you want to save a little money? Of course you do. Use the word CUTLINE in the discount box at checkout to receive 20% off your subscription. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're going to get up the wrong end of the flag six. Do I ask you, how are your lineups doing? The Mayakoba. What are the golfers looking at? El Camaleon Golf Course in wonderful Punta Cana, Mexico. Ooh, 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 ooh. Man, I would love, love to be there right now. I would love it. Love it. So this is like an interesting weekend. We got Dubai going on. Um, just Euro tournaments galore. And it's the reason that we're seeing some players here this weekend instead of Dubai. But it's quite all right. El Camelion Golf Club in Playa... Oh, I'm sorry. Playa del Carmen, Mexico. My bad. 7,000 yards, a par 71. Architect was Greg Norman with 10 water hazards, 45 bunkers. Basically, some of them large bunker waste areas. We have a very slow greens. And what the teeth are on this course are the coastal winds. Green size is about 7,000 feet. They are slightly larger greens. Fairways are hit at about 63% clip. That's about average. Greens regulation, 67%, which makes this a very easy GIR field. We're looking at a course that really doesn't have a lot to offer in terms of challenges for these golfers. Four par threes. Okay, three par fours. I'm sorry, par fives. And the rest are par fours. Your pro shot average, roughly 125 to 175, depending on the golfer. And, of course, your pals, palum grass type on the greens weather-wise it's looking pretty a little rain here or there nothing that's of major concern as of right now but make sure you check this outcome wednesday night these coastal winds can come in and change this weather pan pattern drastically so it's key that you understand that any changes that might occur to your lineup construction strategy key stats i'm looking at Strokes gain approach, ball striking, birdie or better, scrambling, strokes gain total, and DraftKings scoring. So let's go and break this puppy down. These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we will break down each tier of golfer all the way from the top 11K range down to the 7K range. All right, and this week is very, very, very interesting. We are going to start in that top range and 
there's a lot of golfers here this weekend simply because travel restrictions, COVID, everything like that. But you're looking at Finau, Berger, Harris English, Brooks Kepka, and Justin Thomas. And to start things off, I love two golfers in this range. And of course, they end up being the top two priced. And that's Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka. Looking specifically first at Justin Thomas. Overall stat rank, number two. Ranks number one, two, or three in the last 12, 24, 36, or 50th in my overall stat model. Confidence, number one. All right, obviously, he is the Vegas favorite. Looking at his recent form here, fourth at the Masters, second at the Zozo, 12th at the CJ Cup. So we've seen Justin Thomas in top form. The only thing missing is a win, and this course might just cure those ills. Of course, no course history here. The fact is that he's never played in this tournament. Okay. Normally, he is either not playing, and Brooks Kepka, the other, is usually playing in Dubai. Needless to say, we're projecting him highly for almost 93 DraftKings points in my personal projections. If you look at the stats on Fantasy National, in the last 36 rounds, he ranks strength second in strokes gained total, 18th in ball striking, 16 off the tee, 3rd in approach, of course, the most volatile stat we have in golf, PGA, uh, is putting, and he ranks 58th. But the fact is that he's finishing so well in these last 36 rounds that I am not afraid to play Justin Thomas. Brooks Kepka, we normally see him at Dubai, something that he's won before. Of course, travel restrictions do not allow that, so we'll see Kepka here for the first time ever. Ever. This course is short. He doesn't need to pull out the big stick, and if we've seen anything... He looks good recently. 7th at the Masters, 5th at the Houston Open, 28th at the CJ Cup. He's had an extra week to prepare in terms of time off to help heal that knee. And I think this is about collecting FedEx points. We often say, like, let's not play Brooks Kepka because it's not a major. But the fact is the knee is a serious issue for him. And if he doesn't collect those FedEx points, he's going to be struggling come the playoffs. And remember, he was not there for the last dance uh, post BMW this year, just because he did not have enough FedEx points. I think this is a smart play by Brooks Kepka. He's going to make the cut. He needs the FedEx points because he needs to manage his health, his health, which is key. Now he is top 20 in my overall stat model and where he does struggle basically in the model is off the fairway. But remember, he's going to be putting the driveway driver away a lot this weekend. He's not going to need it. Top 10 in the approach model, third in the scoring model, and in the confidence, top five at number four. If you look at Brooks Kepka, fifth in strokes gained total in the last 36 rounds, 14th in ball striking. He's top 20 everywhere, of course, where he st struggles, short game. Ranks 40th in the field and 36th with the putter, which is usually a lot better, but he's third in the field in DraftKings scoring, so I do like Kepka for that. Now, the other three... Finau, Berger, and English, they're just not my favorite plays for this tournament. First of all, the tournament history for Finau is not very, very good at all. Finau, this tournament specifically, miscut, 16th, miscut. Harris English, 5th, 68th, and three straight miscuts. And, of course, Daniel Berger's never played here. And the thing with Daniel Berger, as great as Berger has been, he hasn't played since the Zozo. That's a long time. 
was not at Bermuda, was not at the Houston Open, did not play at the Masters, and did not play at the RSM. So as easy as this course is, I'm curious if he can compete for four straight days and give you a competitive advantage, a leg up on the field, especially when we're looking at double-digit ownership here. Okay, It's something to key in on. Now, one thing that Berger could potentially he could drop below that 10% ownership to where he does become a viable play but at 10,400 I still don't think even with that much leverage that I'm going to risk it so this takes us down to the 9k range and we're still looking at a lot of golfers that I'm really not into for this tournament the two that I do like though Abraham Answer and Ricky Fowler now it's interesting because you are looking at a range of you know, Corey Connors, Neiman, Zalatoris, Henley, and Hovland. And actually, Zalatoris is getting a ton of love. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. But Abraham Answer and Ricky Fowler are where I'm going to end up here. And for a few reasons. First of all, Ricky Fowler here, 16th and 2nd. He did not play here last year. And of course, you look at Abraham Answer in his recent form, 8th, 21st, 9th, 55th, and a missed cut back in 2016. Of course, they've been playing a lot of golf recently. In terms of recent form, Fowler, 28th at the CJs, 57th at the Zozo, 29th at the Masters. He might have found something. With Answer, 29th at the CJ Cup, 35th at the Zozo, and 13th at the Masters. A lot of people look at Hovland and look at his play at the Houston Open. And of course, Henley, Zelatoris, they have not played in a while. They're kind of uh, figuring out in that in that um, Daniel Berger type category. Joaquin Neiman. Did not look so good at the RSM. He finished 44th, while Corey Connors, I think a lot of people are going to bite this, 10th, 10th, 24th, 8th. But when is this Corey Connors streak going to end? Look, if you're a recent form guy, absolutely play Corey Connors. It's just, I don't know if I can eat Corey Connors chalk. I'm just not sure I can do that. But anyways, looking at the guys I like, Abraham Answer. Answer. Uh, top 10 in my approach model top five in my scoring model in my overall stats model he is number one so i am betting this guy all over the place he's top three in my confidence and this guy is ninety nine hundred dollars he's going to be chalk he's going to be popular but to pivot away from that chalk and make our lineups unique we're going to ricky fowler man 9500 don't get me wrong i've talked about playing a 9500 ricky fowler being overpriced a, a, a waste of time but the fact is this entire range is looking at double digit ownership with the exception of ricky fowler and we've seen him be successful here before i get it this is before the swing change this is before the massive gameplay difference that we've seen in ricky fowler but at 9500 at sub seven percent ownership single digit ownership when everyone else is gaining double digit ownership i want to take advantage of that looking at ricky specifically in terms of recent form all right he's 39th in strokes game total 39th t to green 59th in ball striking it's been off it's been brutal even his best part of his game the putter has been off he's 57th but we've seen a light at the end of the tunnel he played well at the masters i think well enough for me to go back to trusting ricky fowler here all right fowler's one on tour hell of a lot more than tony finau and you're getting him for 1200 dollars less at way different ownership differential now he's not a cash play by any means but rookie Fowler is a gpp play for me this weekend and i'm most definitely going to have pieces of him for the other guys zalatoris neiman and connors connors has been on fire we talked about his recent form zalatoris neiman again 
other players that are doing very well on tour right now. But the fact is, you know, Zalatoris never played here before. Neiman, he's played here before with a miscut and finished in 60th. Corey Connors has played here twice, had a miscut and finished in 75th. Obviously was not coming in with the form that he is now, but still. Do not be totally deterred by course history necessarily because if we look at this 8K range, the next guy specifically, Corey, uh, like Carlos Ortiz, finished in second last year, but he's got out two missed cuts, a 44th, 45th, and a 55th. But let's go down to that 8K range, and this is where you can really, really, really find a lot of golfers that I like. Billy Horschel, yes, please. Mark Leishman, yes, please. Sebastian Munoz, thank you. Grio, Woodland, Howell. Domin, I will take all of these guys in my lineup. I like them all. They're key, they're key pieces. Now, a guy who I am curious about in terms of his health is Gary Woodland. He, mi he missed the cut at the Masters, withdrew from the Zozo. Um, it could be a wait-and-see approach, but from his stats and numbers-wise, I do like Gary Woodland at 8,200. But I am going to like kind of get the transcripts for his interviews. If he's still talking about the injuries that he's facing and, and the hip specifically, it's a, it's a pure fade. And it still might even be a pure fade, like a wait-and-see approach here. Looking at the other guys I like, Billy Horschel, Mark Leishman. These guys are both ranking in my top 10 here in my confidence model. In the overall stat model, top 20, especially Leachman here. You look at his course history, Leachman, a 24th place finish. Uh, Billy Horschel, first time he was here, missed the cut, but then a top 25 finish, and then an 8th place finish last year. A lot of people probably will go to Brennan Todd, who missed the cut, and then won in 2020. The fact is, anyone can get out here, so that's why I will take Sebastian Munoz. His course history, not the best. Missed the, missed the cut last weekend at the RSM, which is concerning, but before that, 19th at the Masters, 14th at the Zozo, and 9th at the CJ Cup. And let's face it, last weekend at the RSM, or two weekends ago at the RSM, everyone was off. 6-6 six six through was, was damn near impossible. So... Grio, I normally don't like playing Grio because of how volatile the putter is, but come on, man. Come on, man. Emiliano Grio here on a short course with huge greens. He's probably, arguably, one of the most, if not one of the best irons players on tour and approach players on tour. The man is from Argentina, so maybe not Mexico, but of Latin descent, so he does probably have some kind of affection playing this course here uh, with his heritage and everything of that nature. So Grio potential opportunity here for him to do well. Of course, Chucky three six, Joel Dahman, they kind of round out this 8K range. You look at their tournament history, Charles Howell has an average finishing position of 12th place. That's after a 20th miscut, 4th, 7th, 17th, and that ranks 9th best in the field with four or five straight made uh made cuts here. And of course, Joel Dotman, three straight made cut, three straight made cuts here with a sixth, 41st and 23rd and an average finishing position of 23rd as well. Now looking at Dotman, his recent form has not been that positive, but again, it's Joel Dotman. We love the consistency. We know as a, on the world golf rankings, he ranks in the top 70, 62nd to be specific. So the upside there is for Joel Dotman especially at 8k when you're looking at someone like brian Harmon, who's 92nd on the world golf rankings he's 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 400 more dollars okay so that really kind of rounds out the 8k range here i think this is a loaded loaded area where you're gonna have to get right 
I can even see the argument to make just 8K builds and fade that top-tier golfer and potentially have the winner come out of here. Maybe a couple top-five finishes come out of here to really help those GPP lineups. Now, this brings us to the final range in our birdie or better segment where we look at the $7,000 range. And again, I potentially, I feel like Zach Manfred here. I like the 7K range so much more than I potentially like any range here just for sheer upside. Scott Piercy, Harold Varner III, Adam Long, Chez Revy, Russell Knox, Sabatini, Pat Perez, Hadwin, Vaughn Taylor, Graham McDowell, and Harry Higgs. All basically round out the guys I like here in the 7K range. And of course, there are tons of other plays that I, I, I'm not even considering this week in this particular range. Where I do want to start is a guy who's not going to get a lot of love this week. No one's going to like him. He's going to have single-digit ownership, but he dominates the short course, and that is Graham McDowell. If you look at his course history here, first, 24th, 34th, miscut, 23rd. Of course, recent form here looking for Graham McDowell. 59th last week at the RSM, miscut at the Masters, 44th at the Houston Open. It's obviously within his game. He's fighting himself. He's doing, you know, He just can't get something right, but still... This is the type of course that cures your ills because you've had so much success here in the past. So will I have pieces of $7,100? Graham McDowell, you betcha. Harry Higgs is the next guy I want to talk about at $7,000. The fact is, this course style rank, the short course style rank, he ranks 7th in the field in terms of projections at 70.6. So this is where I aggregate kind of like similar tournaments, similar course styles where you could do this on Fanshare Sports. And you kind of get a projection for these type of players, um, and I really like Harry Higgs here. He's not going to pop on any stat model. Like, if you look at his overall stat rank, he's, in, he's 75th, right? It's just, it's not popping at all. And, of course, a miscut at the RSM. But the fact is, he finished 33rd here last year. And, again, we talk about these short courses being scoring opportunities and everything of that nature. I'll take some Harry Higgs here. I think this is an opportunity to make diverse lineups, especially with single-digit ownership. Now let's hop on back to the top of the 7K range with Scott Piercy, Varner, and Adam Long. I think these guys are all potential viable plays with Piercy, for example, in this style ranking, ranks 27th for me. Varner, of course, volatile. We know he has the upside to win tournaments, finish top 5, top 10. What I like about Varner here, he's top 40 in terms of my overall stat model. Actually, top 15, in fact, I'm sorry. He ranks 12th overall. Adam Long ranks 37th in my stat model. Sticking with Varner here, the man, the Jordan boy. Sixth in scoring. I love seeing that here, especially if there's no win. Fourth in approach, and that's what we love about Varner. He's going to be putting the driver away. You look at his course history, fifth, miscut, sixth, and 58th. Recent form, 15th at the Houston Open, but didn't miss the cut at the RSM. Now, in the last 36 rounds, Varner top 20 overall in strokes gain total top five in strokes gain t to green i love seeing that in terms of recent form since the comeback of covid varner's in play for me looking at adam um adam long at 7800 recent form is questionable suspect at best but again this is an easy course so i could see the potential opportunity here for long you look at his recent form 11th the houston open 30th at the rsm so i do like seeing that and of course a second place finish here last year he was much better form but still i'll take the adam long 
opportunity here. Thing is, though, ownership for these two guys, Varner specifically, double-digit ownership. Adam Long, consequently, at the same price, single-digit ownership. So Scott Piercy, last guy I want to talk about. We already kind of mentioned like top 30 in terms of like style ranking, in terms of overall stat model, though. Ranks 87th in the approach, 58th. But what I love seeing here is the tournament history. Again, 26th, 6th, and 4th. A lot of people are going to see the recent form. 18th at the RSM, 32nd at the Houston Open, 14th at the Bermuda. Look, Scott Piercy's looking good right now. He's rolling in the form. And in terms of just fitting this course, he, he ranks 29th in terms of Vegas money, Vegas ranking, right? He's he's at 70 to 1 currently to win. I most definitely will take pieces of Scott Piercy here in the 7K range. Looking through the rest of this 7K range, there are tons of options here. You need to be conscientious of the fact that like people are going to play John Hud, Doug Gim, Austin Cook, Charlie Hoffman. Pat Perez obviously feels good because he's won here before. So it's kind of curious which way people are going to go. Cheston Hadley, there's a lot of names here that we don't love to play, but we're at that point where we need to play them. Now, if I were to rank this 7K range based on just stats, um, looking at my ranker that, that I have in my model, it would be Varner the third number one, Long number two, Kyle Stanley number three, Streelman number four, in Keegan Bradley, number five, and Ty, Ed Chesrevi to, to number five with that. The thing is, though, I, I just know how volatile this course can get, being so short, being so easy, that you got to be conscientious of potentially getting your lineups a little bit different. People are not going to jump to Benny on this week. He's only 3%. I'm not saying that I'm going to do it, but we know Benny on can go crazy and go apeshit and dominate, right? Um, it's just, it's not somewhere that, it, it, this is a way to get different, basically. So looking at this range, really use ownership. Doug Gim right now coming in at like 12% to 15% ownership. He's a guy I may not want to go. I know the recent form is there, but he's never played here before, right? Do you want to potentially take that risk if it get, does get windy this weekend? In terms of my overall stat model, he does not rank out well yet. People are going to Dougie because of recent form, recent history, and I get that play. It's just it's just not something I necessarily want to do here this particular weekend. But if you nail this 7K range, you're going to do well. All right, but the next question you got to ask yourself, who am I not going to play? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this is the cut line signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it. Where I break down the plays I can't play. The double digit ownership plays that I will not touch this weekend. And there are three for me. Three players that I am not going to play this weekend. The first one being 10,700 Tony Fade now. Tony Finau is a guy I am not going to play this weekend. Look, the guy cannot win. He can't finish on the PGA Tour. He's over 30 years old. We want so much upside for Tony Finau, but the fact is he doesn't have it. Two missed cuts here. At 16th place finish in 2019, the guy's the third highest price on DraftKings this weekend. Tony Finau, no. No thank you. Not going to take pieces of you. 
uh-uh, can't do it. My next play, Sepp Straka. Are you kidding me? He's $7,600. He's almost 15 to 20% owned right now. It's Sepp Straka. It's not like we're hoping for the hot putter because Sepp Straka never has a hot putter. That's not true. But the fact is, I'm not going to buy into that when he's that chalky at 7,600 and I have so many golfers to choose from in this range. Overall stat model, he doesn't even rank out that well. He's top 35, right? In terms of recent form, 44th, 5th, 21st. I get that, and people are going to see that. They're going to jump to it, especially at the Houston Open, Bermuda, easy courses. But he missed the cut here last year. Again, first go-around, getting used to the course, need to learn the course. I'm just not going to buy into the Sepp Straka chalk. No way, especially with the guy who we see on tour on average in the 6K range. The last guy I'm going to mention is more of a risk than anything else, and it's Will Zalatoris. All right, Zalatoris is coming in currently at almost 17% ownership in my first run through. Obviously, a dangerous putter in terms of like volatility. You just don't know what you're going to get with Zalatoris, but. And my overall stat model ranks 103rd. Confidence model, not a lot, not a lot of confidence in the guy, and he hasn't played since the Bermuda Championship. So that's three tournaments ago, and you add the week off in terms of like similar tournaments. In terms of playing, though, like he doesn't, he hasn't played this style very often. He does project out well, 18th overall. You know, he is 9200 for a reason, but I don't think I want the Zalatoris chalk. Just not this week, not when we have a miscut and we haven't played since the Bermuda. There are better options that I can go to. If I really, really want to, I'll go down to Corey Connors and eat that chalk. If I want to, I'll go to Corey, uh, Carlos Ortiz. I already told you how much I love the 8K range. So I'll go to Billy Ho. I'll go to Mark Leishman. And that's where I'll, I'll go from there. So I, we got to get down to that 6K range and we need to bust it open and find out who our MGs are. Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. (laughs) A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So this is the cut line signature segment, the final segment of the show, our MG Monsters and Guarantee, where I will give you 6K players that I feel are not only guaranteed to make the cut, but going to finish in the top 25. Woo. This is Zach's segment. Too bad he's not here. Anyways, I got three players here in this 6K range that I'm going to throw as my MG. Maybe four. Hell, we'll make it four. And that is RCB, Cabrera Bale. We got Brandon Steele, Jason Dufter, and Chase Seifert as a sleeper. Look, we'll start with Seifert. Not a lot of data here, okay? We don't have a lot of things that we are going to say, like, help us get to this spot. But I do like the upside here for Seifert. Finished 41st here last year, and the last time he played, of course, two missed cuts and, and on tour. Last time we, we did see him. And the fact is, this short course helps Seifert in his style. He ranks fifth in the course style ranking metric. 
And furthermore, you look at his overall stat model, he's top 60. I like seeing that with a guy who's 6,100 min-priced, especially if you want to play two big dogs at the top of of your lineups. RCB, we've seen him struggle on long courses. Luckily, this is a short course. We do not have to see him tee off with a driver, and we know his recent form, suspect, questionable at best. I have argued time and time again about not really playing guys who haven't played this tournament before, but the fact is I am going to go to RCB here just because he does like these short courses, and it is conducive and potentially positive for his finishing position and his game overall. Steele and Duffner, constant staples on the, uh, on the PGA Tour, Duffner can always find lightning in a bottle, finish top 25 at 6,500. On the model-wise, he finishes just outside the top 10 in the overall stat model. In 32nd overall, my confidence model. While Brendan Steele fi- uh, figures to finish 46th in my confidence model, but 23rd in my aggregate model, which I really love to see, um, which is really not considering off the fair- off the tee in the fairway where he struggles the most. Um, again, with these 6K guys, you're getting a lot of volatility. You look at their recent form, and they are not very solid, right? Yeah, if you guys are big recent form truthers, you, you're not going to go this route. You're going to look at like Bronson Burgoon's 15th place finish last week. You're going to look at guys who have been making cuts and not missing cuts, right? Um, and they don't really fit the bill. But to be honest, everyone in this 6K range kind of fits that like scenario where, where, where it's a mixed bag, right? You're not seeing a lot of success with the exception of someone like Roger Sloan who finished 23rd at the RSM and 16th at the Bermuda, but hasn't played anywhere else really looking at at, at that. But the thing is, this, this short course doesn't help Roger Sloan. Um, people are going to see the name Will Gordon. They're going to go there. They're going to see Max Homa go there. Brandon Grace is always popular. Tyler Duncan, Shank. These are names that are going to be popular in the 6K range, but again, I'm not going to endorse them as MGs or, or guarantees. But uh, that's it, man. That That is the Maya Koba. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So it's it. It's over. It's all over. The Mayakoba Classic Breakdown. And that's it. We won't see you guys for a long while, at least not till 2021 for the Tournament of Champions. Oh, wow. It was a great fall swing. PGA Tour dominated the fall swing. I thought they did an excellent job with COVID 2021. It'll be interesting how things change. And we'll see what happens with the tournament, uh, you know, Century Tournament of Champions. It'll be interesting. All those players back. It's similar to like a WGC event, no cut event. And, you know, a small field of golfers, but needless to say, we'll break them all down. So we'll see you in January 2021. Cut line out. Go get them on Sunday. <laughs>